Uh, oh, oh shit. I got a backwards student. Hold on. Wow. There we go. That's what we needed. All right, Jay. You got the invite. Wait, waiting on that inv. You got it. Is that a first time? Oh, uh, dude. Yep. Got something going right tonight. Um, what's up, everybody? Uh, if I sound like a robot, I'm a little under the weather, so uh, you're going to have to deal with a robot voice tonight. <clears throat> uh, yeah, that and on the YouTube side, guys, let us know if there's any issues. I am in a hotel, clearly, and uh, you know we're operating a little bit below specs, uh, so just let us know if there's any issues. It should be good. Paid for some extra internet and stuff, so it shouldn't be an issue, but just keep yeah, you me... Look you look like one of those claymation movies right now on uh, on the Instagram side. What's that mean? Jumping around, dude. Like it's like. Is it really that bad? Yeah, a little bit. Mm. It'll be all right. Is my voice coming through clean? YouTube YouTube looks like it's gonna be good though. So, as long as my voice is coming through clean, it's fine. I'm not too stressed about it. Yeah, that makes one of us. You know, I I was thinking this is gonna be one of our more trending topics, and of course, this is the day I gotta have a. Uh, Rat, I know. Voice. Well, you like uh, you said that last time, and I was like, mm, "I'm gonna be in Alabama, and <laughs> now you're yeah. sick." So, <laughs> uh, that's uh, the only way to do it. Let me get this out of the frame this time. Last time I had my phone in the YouTube frame the whole time, and I was like, "I did not catch that." I don't so, even. I yeah, I have to. It's weird because I have to like look at so many things I didn't even notice. Yeah, Mike F says Dan looks a little taller, bud. He got a booster seat. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, I'm just in this. Seat. I'm in a really weird like hotel office chair right now. So, and it it leans back, and I've been I was working, and I'll sit here and I'll work, and then I lean back, and it goes like a little too far back for my comfort. So I like freak out for a second because my brain thinks I'm falling. Absolutely yeah. terrible. <laughs> well, um, so we said we were going to open up with some land nav tips. Me and James were just going to kind of talk about some things. Um, cause we get questions all the time and we are working on a segment. I've started typing it up. Uh, we're going to put a page on the website. Um, cause we get those land nav questions all the time. So we're going to have something for you guys. Um, <clears throat> so in the meantime, we wanted to kind of use this live as an opportunity to talk about this stuff and, uh, and have something to push out to you guys, uh, while we continue to work on our land nav section. So, uh, I guess this will just be like some tips and stories. Uh, and then we'll go into some questions afterwards. If yeah, you. that's fair. I just dropped out of the Instagram. Hold on. Let me, I was not, my phone is like being weird with the um, Wi-Fi. So I will set back up and I'll get back into the live in a second. Okay. If it's, uh, if it's too <clears throat> floppy on the Instagram, we can drop it and continue on the YouTube. No, nah, I should be fine. Um, it was just the, the Wi-Fi was being a little weird. So it'll take me a second, but I should be able to um, fix that. Sorry, guys. Bear with us. Cool. And uh, AC28 says, Dan F. woke up and chose violence. Honestly, Dan F. wakes up and chooses violence most of the time. Honestly, from what I've... <clears throat> That's his go-to. Yeah, no doubt. The worst thing about this hotel is, like, you have to, like, sign in all weird, and it is just so annoying. You're, like, signing back into the Wi-Fi right now? Yeah, but See, I have to, like, put in my call. name and... Um, like room number and everything and it, it'll log people out. So like it doesn't uh, tax the internet too much. So it logs you out if you're not using it. 
told you guys, it's always James's fault. Like I said, ran super smooth when you weren't here. <laughs> right, 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 right. Clearly. Um, I'm on vacation. Um, I, I tried. I tried to tell you I'd cover it. But this he's a workaholic, guys. <clears throat> well, someone has to be. Uh, can you invite <laughs> me again? Yeah, I can. The invitation has expired. Don't listen to him, guys. I work all the time. <clears throat> okay, I sent it to you. All right, it should be better now. I was operating off like just my um, data on my phone, which is really good when I'm outside and not like on the fourth floor of a hotel room and just like, yeah, lead lined walls and paint most likely. <clears throat> um, so yeah, I don't I don't really know how to start this thing, but we can kind of go into last time we we got the question like I want to say five times throughout the stream like hey guys you got tips for Lanav and it's like that guy would hang out for a little while trail off another guy would come in got tips for Lanav, and we just get it we get it every stream so uh we started to give some tips like just general tips so um let's start with what's what's your big go-to's for Lanav? what is the first things that you're looking to do and your big uh focus points whenever you <clears throat> do your Lanav? yeah so well like you said too like we're not this isn't us teaching you Lanav. so we do have that uh coming well you know, we have things coming, educational things coming, but this is like, yeah, it's going to be like our tips and tricks. And like, if you were on, um, like a blog post on Facebook where it's like top 20 things to help you do better at land nav. Um, so my biggest, um, tip to people usually that struggle with land nav is you are going to get so much more out of, uh, recognizing, understanding, and knowing how to read a map in terms of specifically uh, terrain features. Because you can be terrible at your pace count. You can be pretty bad with keeping your compass and like keeping a good azimuth. But if you know, like, hey, this point where it's plotted, as long as you plot it, plot it properly, is in a valley or on a hill or in between in the ridge of a saddle, that'll help you really know at least a rough general area of where you get to. And then as you refine your skills, it'll be a little bit easier from there, but everything is going to want to be um, the way they taught us talk on. It's going to be big to small. So like knowing and utilizing terrain features is going to help you tremendously in land nav. Yeah, I agree. And, and here's the big one that I, that I really would drive into a lot of people. My big one is planning before you start. So picking your route really carefully plotting your points i mean that's huge um so you talked about it in the last stream you talked about well whenever i do my land of course i go to the farthest point and then i a route back right that's the route that i want to take so picking a route uh, making sure that you are accurately again plotting your points and then you are accurately drawing out your azimuth so you know, I talk about all the time, the GM angle. There's literally like a, there's a little uh, diagram in the bottom of the map that'll tell you. I mean, it literally says, I mean, they, they draw it out. They're like, a, you know, grid to magnetic, you know, add 10 degrees or whatever. Um, that's because, you know, the magnetic fields play a role in how the compass reads as opposed to what the map is, uh, you know, what's true on the map. So, 
Um, you guys need to make sure to adjust the math there. Cause I'm telling you like some, like I said, some courses are 10 degrees. And if you're going, I mean, sometimes what, how far are you walking to some of those points between points, James, you think like oh, 15? I, yeah. You can be up 12, 15, 1600 yeah. meters. Ideally so you, yeah, that's another tip, but we'll continue. Sorry. <clears throat> yeah. So if you forget to do that math and you're 10 degrees for, uh, you know, 1500 meters, you can get pretty far off. Um, so making sure that you are accurately planning your route and writing down the right numbers is the big one that I would tell you guys to start with. Um, Mike F says, feel bad for Dan. He's sick, lost his voice and he's still five too. So, uh, <laughs> just wanted to keep you, you know, abreast of the situation. I'm of five. I'm, I'm five nine. What, me, what was that? Why don't you, nothing. you try that again? <laughs> I almost didn't do this live tonight. So my voice sounds horrible, dude. Um, um, yeah, that's a good point, though. Um, obviously, like those fundamentals of plotting your points and getting your azimuth ready and stuff are going to go a very long way into making your time a lot easier. Yeah. Sorry, it's my dog is in this hotel room. It's not very big, so she'll be here. Um, so, that's huge. And another tip, especially for azimuth and stuff, um, what a lot of guys will do, what I definitely did was you, you can take a piece of 554, 550 cord um, gut, like the little uh, strings essentially inside that make up 550 cord. And if you knot it and put it through the center of your protractor, you can actually use that for like very quick and easy straight line uh, directions. Yep. And that'll increase your speed. Cause I know some guys, um, struggle with land nav because they, they don't know how to do it or um, they're not really good at walking their pace counts. But I know some guys struggle with it because they're not very fast. So like anything that you can do to help speed yourself up is going to help you in the long run when you're timed courses. Um, it'll give you, you know, a couple seconds here and there end up being minutes in the long run. So getting yourself a little bit of extra time um, if you're going to struggle a little bit is going to be a big deal. Yeah, yeah. And also, you know, like James said, recognizing where you are because nothing's perfect. So you guys, <clears throat> you guys may plot pretty carefully. You may, um, you know, use the string method, but sometimes you can walk a little bit off. And I talked about this one time, like, you know, maybe you think you're walking a straight path and you get a little veered off. Um, so another trick is whenever you get to the point to where you think that you are, uh, you can use some methods to find your point. Like uh, there's something called the, like the box method where you shoot north, walk 50 meters, go west, 50 meters, south, 50 meters. And then you literally cut boxes like you can make little clovers almost, right? In like a square motion and kind of circle around and, uh, and see if you can find your point. Uh, whenever you're going to do something like that, you can mark the point that you're at. Like I heard somebody one time say they used a PT belt. Um, not very tactical, but if you're on like a like a land nav course and you know you don't have to be tactical, you can do something like that and find that point where you initially started and kind of do this loop so that you don't get too far uh, off. So that's another trick as well. Yeah. So um, <laughs> speaking of like tacticalness goes out the window for land nav 99% of the time, like at RASP and at Ranger School, they're going to be like, don't use your white lights, blah, 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 blah. But like at the end of the day, it is not really an accurate representation of what you'll be doing when you have to um, plan out routes and stuff like that in army, like on missions and training events, because at no point ever are you looking for what is essentially 
a stop sign or a speed limit sign in the middle of the woods. So like it's, it really is a good way to test those skills, but it is not an accurate representation of what you'll be doing um, like in real life. <clears throat> right. So yes, obviously in real life, you're not going to put a PT belt on a building or a shed. Cause you're like, oh, I think this might be it, but I don't know. We'll see. But in land nav, you gotta do what you gotta do. Right. <clears throat> don't get caught there. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> but there's other markings you can do as well. Uh, even if it's like, a, I don't know, like a stick that you stick in the ground and make it a little thing. I don't know. I don't know what you do, but <laughs> you can do something. Um, something identifiable. Um, uh, well, Nick and Nikos Bogus Adventure says, A, I love your dog. Thank you. She appreciates that. Um, and B, with land nav, do maps account for mountains, rocks, and other terrain? So mountains for sure. Um, rocks, not so much. Um, I guess depending on at what point they become yeah, hills or mountains and yeah. things like that. Like if it's like a cliff, a cliff is going to be on the map. Um, but they have like maps, especially military maps are going to be, they're, they're going to have a ton of information um, between the contour lines, the uh, when you're going to see where depressions are, you're going to see cliffs, which way the cliff drops off into. You can see where hills are, you know, saddles, spurs, you know, there's a ton of different ranges. There's going to be five major and three minor. So you need to know what those are. And you need to know what those look like, because that's going to help you really take a look at the map and kind of know what you're going to be walking over and what your point is going to be. Yep. Yep. And, and you brought up something too, that, um, I wanted to hit is that no, no map is a hundred percent perfect. Um, this is a kind of a separate idea, but, you know, as you talked about, uh, contour maps read like changes of elevation in the land, right? Vertical, horizontal. Um, but some maps may be outdated. So whenever you're talking about things like, like we'd run into this a lot, like you see things like rivers on a map and you think, oh, I'm going to cross this body of water. Um, sometimes that river is not there. Um, there are little tricks. Like sometimes I would identify, Hey, there used to be a river here because you'll notice there's like a, you know, there's a divot in the ground and there's more vegetation. Cause that's usually where water would run. So there's naturally more vegetation. So you can identify like, Hey, this is probably where water should be. But sometimes those things are dated and things change environmental things change. So if you see something like a little river or stream, um, don't, don't bank on that too hard. Um, and know that, you know, things may not be a hundred percent accurately represented by the map. Well, yeah, especially for like rivers and things, especially smaller ones, cause it can depend on the season too. So like if it's yeah. dry and things like that, it'll be a little bit dried up. Um, for you guys though, looking to go into, um, rest, especially, I know everyone's worried about coral coal range and I know it's, it's pretty arduous. Um, but they have a lot of fire breaks there. Um, that kind of help you, you know, you're not supposed to walk on the fire breaks, um, but they really help you kind of know where you are. It's, it's very hard to walk too far without hitting a fire break. So you can use those to easily identify and uh, mark your locations. And another tip would be use like fire breaks and intersections and things like that. So you don't, I don't ever, ever, ever recommend you plotting all your points and being like, all right, I'm going to walk 2,600 meters straight in this azimuth, my first point. Absolutely not. Do not do that. That is the absolute worst thing. And if someone's, don't do that. 
find something that's easily identifiable that you can walk to and get to and start shooting from there. So like an intersection that's great or something. So you only have to actually, you know, walk on an azimuth for six, eight, 900,000 meters instead of 2,600 meters. Yeah. Like checkpoints. Yeah, exactly. Especially if you're going long distances. Uh, Josh Nick says, were you guys ever tempted to sleep during land? Yeah. Cool. Right either of you cheat at land nav like using white light um i was never okay there was times where i was like man and like i wish i could go to sleep right now but i was never legitimately tempted like it never really crossed my mind to actually lay down and sleep but dudes absolutely um i am i was not gonna risk i'm not risking it all for a 15 minute nap you know what i mean that's just that's not it. it's not worth it to me um but some dudes like really, really do struggle with that sleep deprivation, and they absolutely, uh, you will see dudes racked out. They just fall over on the side of the road and go to sleep. Um, and yeah, happens all the time. And dudes get caught for it. The cadre are usually out there with, um, they're usually out with uh, night vision. Um, yeah. So you, okay, I'm not even going to say you can't get away with it. Um, but at the end of the day, realistically, I wouldn't ever risk that because 15 minutes of sleep is not going to make or break your cold range experience. And how embarrassed are you going to be when you get caught taking a nap and you get dropped from RASP because like you just couldn't stay up? It's going to be a terrible way to, to, to leave. Yep. Yep. Uh, and then as for cheating with the white light. Uh, 112%. Absolutely. I don't know if I did it. I might not have done it at cold range, but like I've done it on courses before. Because like sometimes, especially if you're doing light nav, land nav, dude, it's dark. So even if you are like spot on accurate, it's still really hard to find the points. It's so dark, especially in like the summer when all of the brush in the treetop is just blocking any moon or starlight coming your way. It's pitch black back there. Also, it's terrifying in Georgia. There's like boars and stuff. And then like at in ranger school, there was armadillos. Like there's creepy stuff out there. You hear moving in the woods. So if you don't think I'm going to white like that, so I'm not getting a gored by a boar, you're out of your mind. <laughs> uh, it goes back to uh, it's only illegal if you get caught. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, no, you're going to be careful with that too. But if the cat drink catch you, it can get you in trouble. But yeah, if you're deep out in the woods, uh, I've definitely snuck a snuck a bright light, you know, uh, when I needed to. Or like to look where I'm about to step so I don't fall off a cliff. Like it's there are times where I've used my white light, like some of the rustles in the woods. And then a couple times, like I I was at I remember this distinctly. I was at a point and I like I heard some rustling and like it's summer in Georgia. So like all you hear from the cadre is boars and snakes. And they're like, oh, he's trying to freak you out. So I hear this rustling and I'm like, oh, my God, stopped. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And then finally I'm like, I'm, I got a white light. I got a white light. It was a little, it was someone else. They were like four feet. It was so dark. I couldn't even see them. They were like four feet from me. And we were, we had the same point. So like it gets so dark back there that sometimes, yes, you will definitely, um, I have used my white light. Um, but like I said, they do, they are out there with night vision and that will, that's bright on, on nods. So you can get caught doing you know, obviously be sparing, but don't die because you don't want to use your white light. Um, I mostly used it for safety if I use my white light. Other than that, I would just use my red lens. Yeah. 
Um, trying to think what else. Uh, uh, well, also, Josh Nix has another question. Uh, Josh Nix says, "Do you think being a thirteen fox helped you at RAS since you guys have since you guys have to be good at land nav? Did thirteen fox AIT do a lot of land nav?" Um, I definitely think being a 13 Fox helped because we actually do land nav at AIT and 90% of our AIT is reading maps like the whole time. Yeah, we get pretty good at that. Like the first week is radio and then the next five weeks is map reading and call for fires. So like all your, even in call for fires, you're just reading maps and terrain associating with the sim and then terrain associating in live fires. Um, so I definitely think it helped. I don't think you do. I wouldn't say you do a lot of land nav. Um, although it is, it's actually pretty tough because it's pretty mountainous out there. You go up to Mount Wet, camera with outside of Fort Sill. Um, yeah, I don't know, but it definitely helps. Being a 13 Fox definitely helps. Although it does make it worse for you if you show up to your unit and you can't land nav as a 13 Fox. Yeah. Yep, that's kind of like an expectation of the job, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yes, very important to be good at Atlanta. <clears throat> um, right. But, yeah, I would definitely say that, like, basic land nav helped me 0%. AIT land nav helped me a lot um, going into RASP. <clears throat> right. Um, and what, what, uh, what is like some obstacles that they should look out for? Dude, I was like trying to form a question as I was like structuring my sentence. Boars for sure. Um, no, um, obstacles. That, that is real, by the way. Yeah, I'm not kidding. There That's are boars out there. Yeah. And like they're not really going to attack you, but sometimes, depending on when you get there, if they have like their, um, their young, like kid, I don't know what baby boars are called. Um, but like if you get too close to like little ones, like the mom is not gonna like that. So you gotta you do have to be careful. Yeah, no, they're out there. Um uh so in terms of obstacles, um I mean terrain in general is tough, like especially if you're out there in, in summer and springtime in Georgia. Like mm, it's tough. Yeah. Like there's times where where like I know how to get to my point and I'm like shooting an azimuth, but like I can't I'm not going to be able to bushwhack through that. It's not like I got a machete and like it gets rough out there. Sometimes you have to readjust and, and re-attack a point from a different direction and it sucks. Yeah. It eats up pretty, pretty valuable time. So that's one thing that like Daniel said with the water features, there's always going to be more vegetation around water. So like rivers and all that stuff, ponds, there's always going to be more vegetation. So if you have a, a route and you can maybe make it so you don't have to cross water, what I always recommend trying to stay out of the water. It makes life annoying when your socks are wet. But two, it gets really, really, really thick and built up around those rivers and water features. So if you can map your route to avoid those and come from a different direction or come from a different side um, and maybe reroute your points so you don't have to go near that, it'll help out tremendously. Because I know there was um, some points where like I'm like literally walking through brambles with thorns to like get to my point. And then yeah. I got to it, and then I looked on the other side, and there's just like a nothing but a clear path to a fire break. And I'm like, man, I'm an idiot. Like how dumb! <laughs> like uh, that was definitely uh, uh, not a not a smart move on my part. So try to work smarter, not harder, when you can, uh, especially because you guys got five iterations of land. Like it's no joke. 
Yeah, and it's like you said, sometimes you'll come up to a body of water. You know, you you want to shoot that straight azimuth, but you come to that body of water and you can get down to like hip level. So you gotta you gotta do a little route around it. So you gotta make sure you calculate for that, walk the distance, you know, come back, you know. Um, so uh goes back to to being careful with your pace count and reassessing where you are. You can do a lot of that. It, nothing's ever just a straight line, like you're gonna you're gonna run into stuff. So that's that goes to the be adaptable when you're out there type uh, attitude. Um, yeah, I also another obstacle as weird as it is other people. So there are points that are close together, and sometimes there's gonna be people that are going towards points that aren't yours but are close to yours. And like people get wrapped up and they're like, oh, this probably is my point. Like this guy's this guy's point, so it's probably my point too. But it, it isn't always. So like if you see other people, just continue to focus on what you're doing. Um, and cause one, you can, if you talk to other people and you get caught doing that, you're pretty much getting it dropped almost. Cause yeah. that's, that's straight up don't cheating. That. Like that's like, yeah, don't do that. Um, but just focus on what you're doing. Like don't follow anyone. Um, just be confident in your abilities because if you start following someone, like you don't know if they have the same point as you, even if they do have the same point as you, you don't know if they're plotted it correctly. You have no idea if they're doing it better than you. So don't assume automatically that they are just because you're out there. It's cold. It's dark and you're nervous. Just really try to really believe in the skills that you have built up and trust what you have done and trust your work to get you to the point. Yep. <clears throat> uh, Nick says, do, uh, do math skills come into play with land nav and being a 13 Fox in general? Question mark. Hard to imagine it would if Daniel 13 Fox. Um, <laughs> Ouch, dude. So, um, yeah, I mean, math doesn't play, like, I don't think math plays a huge role. Like I said, even as a 13 Fox, like, it's a lot of simple math, but you have to do it fast. Yeah. So it's nothing hard, like, you're not doing trigonometry. But, you know, some division, some multiplication, uh, some, like, formulas that you sort of just know, um, you know, meters to feed and blah, blah, blah. The only one that's really complicated, like I said, is lat long. I mentioned that in the past. But for land nav, not so much. I mean, the only thing you really have to worry about is the GM angle on the map. Um, that is really your only uh, point of, of friction for math. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't think math is it plays a huge role. Um, yeah, just really in the GM angle. Exactly. Yeah, it's, you know, it goes to the plotting stuff. Like, no, really, the biggest math you're going to be doing is addition, subtraction, you know, when it comes to land nav. Um, so it's pretty simple math, but it's like, it's like you said, it's, you got to be careful with it. You got to make sure that you're doing it diligently because if you're off in your math and you go out there and just start walking, yeah, you can end up in some funny places. So, you know, you got to make sure you're reassessing, you make sure you're plotting correctly before you even head out. So. Yeah. And like, keep in mind that any, the problem with land app too, is like any mistake that you make like along the way, it starts to get compounded. So, like, you plotting the point, but one, like, little tiny dot off is, you know, 10, 15, 20 meters in real life. And if your azimuth is one degree off, that's another 10, 15, 20 meters in real life. So, all they start to compound, and then you're 60, 70 meters away from your target, your point, because yep. all of those things just started compounding. So, each um, each iteration, like, each thing 
step of the way. You need to really, really focus on doing them correctly. Like, don't be like, oh, I'll fix it in post, dude. Like, it'll, I'll figure it out. Make sure that you take your time, plot your points. I know it's going to be stressful. I know you got four hours. You want to get moving. Plot your points. Do that correctly. It's going to help you. Do each step as great as you can so that you're not compounding those errors and causing yourself to fail because you felt like you were constrained for time or stressed for time. And instead you can't even find any gear points because you, you messed up so many times along the way because you were worried you weren't going to make it back in four hours. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, and then I, I talked about it last time. Um, and Daniel mentioned it today. Route planning is huge. Um, I said like for tip for starting, if you start in the morning and it's dark, and you're going to go into the day where it's uh, you're going to get some light. I would always try to go to your farthest point first and work your way back in the light. Uh, that'll just help you tremendously because, like I said, it gets so dark. It's so hard to find stuff in the dark. Like You will get caught up trying to find a point that's close to you for two hours of your time. You finally get that point, and then it's kind of sunny out, and you're like, man, I have two hours to get four other points, and they are very far away now. Instead of wasting your time doing that, just – I would just run. I literally run all the way to my last point and work on getting that one and then move my way back so I can get out there in like 30 minutes. And then I have three and a half hours in the daytime to work my way back and get the points. And then worst case, I don't get my closest point if I'm really strapped for time and I just run back and I've already been making my way back that whole time instead of trying to map out as I'm making my way out being like, oh man, when do I got to turn around? Like, when is it too late for me to turn around? Yep. And uh, and you brought up a good point, too. Whenever you're setting your pace count, you want a walking pace count and you want a running pace count. So for you guys who don't know, you establish a pace count, which tells you the distance that you're traveling. So your pace is every time, say, your left foot's hitting the ground. Um, so you can walk a football field or something, right? Um, or not a football field, but just find a 100-meter stretch and then – find how many paces it takes walking to walk that hundred meters. And that's your pace count. That's how you're keeping uh, track um, and then do a running one. So uh, you'll figure that. So whenever you're, that's how you're keeping track of your distance. Uh, some guys wear like bracelets with the beads on them and they'll move the beads over every time they hit a hundred meter mark so they can keep track of their distances. Um, so you want to make sure you're keeping careful track of that too, because you don't want to be, doing your running pace count and you're like was i at 200 or god i can't talk right now 200 or 300 meters i've been Uh, trying to i've been trying to talk a lot so you don't have to i don't want them to make fun of you too bad yeah yeah (laughs) um so yeah so you don't want to get too far in the weeds uh yeah we may have to redo this video next week (laughs) (laughs) um but um yeah like 200 300 meters you're like "Ah, how far did i go you know um so yeah some guys have tricks like that but just make sure you're carefully keeping track of that as well yeah and then obviously um you know you're not supposed to walk on the fire breaks of the roads or stuff for almost any really graded land of course but like you can always sort of handrail it so you can be in the woods but keep it kind of in sight so you can know and use that road still as a as a marker because sometimes what i would do is i wouldn't really keep my pace count for movement because i would know i would like mark out intersections and terrain features and i would do my pace count for where i picked that intersection to shoot into the woods that's when i would really really use my pace count yep 
not so much when I was just kind of moving and, and had all these features to keep me kind of knowing where I am. And then another thing for pace count is, okay, so many people like they get weird when they do their pace count because there's going to be like a, a post and you'll walk and that'll be your pace count for 50 meters or 100 meters. Don't walk weird. Okay, guys, just walk how you walk because I know guys are like trying to, they get all weird and they're like all proper walking and stuff. Like walk how you're going to walk or else your pace count is going to be not right. So just yeah. be normal. Yeah. So many guys, they get all weird. Like it gets in their head. They're like, oh, I got to walk perfect here. Really got to step it. No, just walk normal. If you walk normal, you'll have a much more accurate pace count. Yeah. Yep. Um, I'm trying to get other good tips. Uh, It's really the big ones is just paying attention. It's like you said, it's the little things that compound and that's how dudes get way off in the weeds or they're not setting check marks or backstops. You know, I'm big on the backstops. Hey, I went too far. You know, I shouldn't pay attention to what you're seeing. Like, hey, I shouldn't be seeing this. Why am I seeing this? You know, reassess where you are. Well, yeah. And that, that comes hand in hand with terrain features and stuff too. Like if you're yeah. like, make sure you set backstops because so many guys are like, man, you know, you'll see guys like in the middle of like you're looking at a point and they're like, oh, is this, you know, four, eight, seven, six, nine, two, eight, one. And you're like, dude, that's not even we're not even in the same grid square anymore, my man. You are way lost. And then they're just they have no idea where they are because they were like, man, my pace count's probably good. My compass, my asthma is perfect. So if I don't hit my point, I'm just going to I'm going to go till I hit my point. Right. Um, so, no. Yeah. Make sure you set some backstops, set some limitations on yourself so you're not pulling yourself too far away and getting yourself caught in a bad situation because then you not only don't know where your point is, you don't really know where you are either. And then you're kind of, kind of struggling. Right. And even, even when you're taking, uh, trying to talk as normal as possible. (laughs) (laughs) It's so tough, dude. It, you know, I like to go in those high tones and then that's where I lose it. But uh, even when you're taking like roads, there's going to be bends in the roads. <clears throat> or, and this is kind of getting off topic, but like in ranger school, when you're on the rivers, right, there's bends in the rivers. Um, something that I would pay attention to is sometimes I'd shoot an azimuth and be like, here's the angle of the river. Here's the angle of the river. Or, or let's go back to the roads because that's relevant. Here's the angle of the road, the angle of the road. So you can literally track, you can track like, where the bends are in the road, like, Hey, this is where I'm at. You know, if you need to reassess, you know, how far you went on the road, that's important to do too. Cause again, it goes back to what I said before, like, it's not likely to happen. You're usually the roads are pretty straightforward, but like, you know, if you, if you're trying to track like, Hey, should I be seeing something yet? Or if you're trying to get to a certain big bend in the road before you cut off, shoot an azimuth uh, and go find your point that way. um, That is an option as well. Yeah. Um, or here's a here's a relevant one. Sorry, James. I just thought about wow. this. Here's where it's really relevant. Like, here's a here's where the road meets like a a stream of water, and it's like I said, like maybe that stream of water's not there, right? And I've seen that before, where I thought I was gonna run into the stream of water. Well, the stream of water's not there. Um, there may be that again that thick vegetation. Maybe that's your telltale sign. But <laughs> but then again, what if you're like, well, what if you start 
going and you're like, I should be seeing this by now. Then you can reassess where you are on the road and then figure it from there. And then that goes in and hands you with like the 550 cord gut in the thing. You can get it, put it on your map real quick, find that road, get the angle that it's supposed to be, check where it, it is on your compass. And it'll help you actually identify where you are on that road too, if you're not 100% sure. And it all yep. happens so quickly because you have that string, rapidly identify it, look at your compass, and you're able to kind of marry those two together and figure out where you are. Yeah. Um, another good tips. Um, yeah, I would also, I would also recommend, um, uh, sorry, Dan, uh, real quick. I would recommend, um, when you do use those checkpoints, like if you're, if you think that you're accurate enough and that you know where they are, like I would scoot, I would be moving between those checkpoints that are easily identifiable that you can make up some time so you'll have a little bit more time to spend when you are bushwhacking. Because, uh, like, those timelines get they get tight. They get as tough, especially when you're doing the night version, like, iterations. They get, it, it does get tough. It gets dark, and it, you burn a lot of time, like, at a location where you're, like, within 40, 30, 20 meters of your point. You just cannot see it because it's so overgrown and it's so dark, and you don't realize how much time you're going to lose. So... Make up time where you can move, move quick where you can, um, and then focus and slow down when you need to. So if you, you put the effort into speed up when you can, then you have time to focus and really get your azimuths right. If you really want to keep that good pace count, you want to do a good job of getting around obstacles with your pace count and making sure everything's good to go. Um, that's going to help you out in the long run. And yeah. one more point. Pick so azimuths are you can't really walk an azimuth. Best way that you're going to be able to get an azimuth and get keep a good dire, like direction is you take out your compass, you find your azimuth, and you pick something in the world in front of you to walk to because you know that that was on your azimuth. You can get to that tree or that stump or that rock, and then you can reassess. You keep your pace count to that that tree or that whatever that is, and then reshoot an azimuth to another. Thing you can see and then walk to that and that way you're not trying to walk with your compass up and like sitting yes. there like uh, that, uh. that's a, that is a great point um yeah whenever you're shooting the azimuth and you're picking a literal thing like hey what am i looking at whenever i shoot this azimuth something that's easily identifiable because it goes back to what i was saying if you're just going to go walk towards the trees okay when you're in the thick woods uh you start to get turned around a little bit it's easy to do in the woods so you need to make sure you pick something that's identifiable and be like, that's where I'm walking. And then you do your pace count and you walk directly towards that thing that you identified. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, and, and it's okay. You cut me off. They'd probably rather listen to you. talk anyway. <laughs> yeah. Your, your high, high pitched voice cracking. Isn't, uh, you know, uh, like that. Uh, dude, it's like nails on a chalkboard. Um, but yeah, no, that's a really good tip. What were you going to say? You were saying something before I cut you. I don't know. You talked for like you 30 said... minutes. So I forgot. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> it'll come back to me. Um. So yeah, there's like a, there's, a, we listed off a couple so far. Like there's a lot of little things that are going to help you out tremendously in land nav. Um, but you have to feel comfortable enough in like the skills that you've gained and like the, what you've learned to kind of implement some of those skills as well. So um, I would just, you know, recommend really listening to what they teach you. Um, 
focus on trying to learn those simple skills because especially at like basic or OSID, they're going to teach you like the really, really basic stuff first. So I've said this a couple of times and I say it to guys all the time who, who ask us questions before basic or AIT or like, what should I be studying or learning? Focus on what they're teaching you because the more you understand whatever the basics are, the easier it is to build up on those. So the foundation needs to be strong or else you're going to be learning new skills, but you're not going to know why you're doing them or what it is. So when you run into an obstacle, you're not really going to know why you're doing what you're doing to adjust it to whatever the obstacle is. Um, so having a really good foundation that what they're going to teach you uh, pace count and azimuth stuff in basic is going to be very simple. Um, and the course is going to be really simple. Just pay attention. Do not get put in a group where you let someone else do all the work. Like make sure even if you guys break up the work, try to do all the steps because people are going to, you're going to be a group of four guys or uh, whatever. And you're going to have, Someone's like, oh, I'm going to plot the points. I'm going to shoot. The no, do all the steps. Everyone needs to do all the steps or else you're not going to learn how to do it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, and that goes back to the idea with training in general, you know, not just, not just with land nav, but with anything, when it comes to training, get used to putting yourself in those situations, those on whether it be uncomfortable or you just don't feel like doing it, like go ahead and get it done while you're in training, because eventually you're going to get tested on that. And you'd rather make the mistakes in training than you would in, a, um, then, uh, like a performance criteria, like, a what's the word I'm looking for? Like a test criteria or a real world scenario. So that's where you don't want to learn those lessons. Daniel, I almost never know what word you're looking for, man. <laughs> like to know what's going on up in your brain so uh yeah it's, it's wild up here dude <clears throat> um uh, but yeah obviously like every every time it's like try to focus on the basics because like if you understand why you're doing something um like you said in land nav or in whatever else you're doing if you understand why you can adjust in and meet the needs depending on what obstacles or situations that change over time because if you understand it you can adapt it and it'll help you out tremendously going forward. <clears throat> and land nav is like very, no different than anything else. Like if you understand, you know, why you were going that direction or why you picked that checkpoint, you can change that if something happens that you need to change. <clears throat> yep. I still don't remember what I was going to say, dude. You don't, you really messed me up on that one. Yeah, okay. Okay. First of all, I was what still on topic. All right, I didn't. It was. I didn't do nothing. Dude, it was the most important point of the night. <clears throat> you ruined it, dude. Well, it was coming from you, so that's definitely not true. <clears throat> uh, um. Oh, Nick said he was leaving, but he said he came back. I have a couple of questions that are unland nav related too, depending if we want to do. You have no more. Oh, cool. Oh, I hit one more. I got one uh, over here. It's a is a good question. One guy was like, "Do do we use mills?" Um. So on your protractor. You know, that military protractor, you're going to have mills and degrees. Um, unless you're artillery, right? I mean, you're not going to use, I mean, you're not going to use the mills. Yeah. Okay. Degrees. We actually, we talked about this the other day and I actually, someone asked me this um, as well. Uh, so mills is technically more accurate just by the simple fact that it's a larger scale um, being zero to 6,400. Um instead of zero to 360 degrees, uh, like degrees are. So Mills is technically more accurate. Although you can only be so accurate, like you're already plotting points with a marker. Exactly. At, at 
night in the dark under a poncho with a red lens on the ground. So, yes, um, yes it can help you eliminate some error because it is so accurate, so much more accurate. But And if they teach you to use mills, then use mills wherever you're at. The reason that I prefer degrees, like Daniel was just saying, is like the only time mills really gets used outside of if you use it in land nav would be field arc like indirect fires. And every other time, pretty much always, you'll be using degrees for um, everything else you do ever in the army. So I focus on degrees because I know as a 13 Fox, when I am on a mission and the infantry guys are going up on, you know, they're breaching somewhere, they're going up on a ladder or whatever. Like, I know that when I'm giving degrees and directions and all that stuff, like, it's going to have to be in degrees. So I need to know and accurately understand where things are happening in terms of degrees because that's how things get done. So yep. training with degrees is going to be better for you. Yeah. And it's like, like you said, land nav is already not perfect as is. So you using mills mm-hmm. isn't going to be like, yeah, you're, it, it's yeah, not you're, going to change anything. You're a human with you know, two eyes. Like, you, you know, mills is more accurate. Yes. But at the end of the day, like it's, a, it's not a exact, exact science as much as it's we even, want it to be. <laughs> it's even like you said, like you're shooting, shooting an azimuth and walking towards an identifiable feature. Well, how much, how much deviation is that? You know, maybe a little deviated even. So, you know, that's why we always talk about reassessing. And then we talk about once you get to the, where your point, where you think your point is, don't give up on your point either. I've seen people do this in land nav courses. They'll go to where they think their point is. And they're like, ah, I don't know where I'm at. And they freak out. And then they go to one thing they can, they kind of like wander off, find something they can identify and try to go to another point. Uh, stick to that point you're on it's like i said like mark your place you know walk that i say a clover but it's more of a box right you can box this way box that way you know do do your box loops and see if you can find that point um don't give up on it there's also something called the t method where you come up you walk this way walk back this way come back and come back to your point that way um so but you want to be deliberate with it again you don't want to lose your spot too much. So here's where I think my point should be shoot north 50 meters, cut west 50 meters, cut east, you know, 50 and then 50 more. And then I'm, I'm over explaining, but you get what I'm saying. Like yeah, you're over explaining like poorly because you're not at some point you were just saying directions, but um, they're like, <laughs> I just want them to stop talking. <laughs> Yeah. So, but at the same time, on the flip side of that coin, um, as me and Daniel do sometimes, uh, so also know when to give up your on your point. Okay, if you've been back there for thirty five minutes and, that, and you still can't find it, move on because you don't, you're not going to have time, and you need to get your other four points for sure this time. So yeah, that's the opposite of the end of the spectrum because there are yeah. cases where uh, maybe. Maybe uh, a point I have seen, like, like the posts get knocked over or something, uh, something crazy. Um, sometimes those guys don't don't uh, go check up on everything. So it's almost like some saboteurs went out there and, and knocked over a point. So that's actually a good maybe point. If you're like, maybe they're doing it. Yeah. You don't want to be out there for like, like you said, 30 minutes looking for the same point, but definitely don't give up in five minutes. I guess. Yeah. Just, yeah. Uh, try to keep a good track of your time so you can realize like when your point of no return is going to be is that you need yeah, to give up on yeah. a point. Cause, and you'll, you'll see it too. You guys will get back from cold range and people will be like, Hey, did you have 
four, six, seven, five, you know, eight, six, nine, eight. And you'll be like, dude, I literally couldn't find it. And they'll be like, I don't know where it was. So like sometimes like they're, they're like get caught like in a copse of trees and they're just completely covered. And like you, it's, it's so hard to see unless you literally are, I exactly perfect and walk right to it. Um, so you'll see that you'll see some guys like with same points as you after you guys get done, you'll be like, I could not find that point. Uh, or you'll be walking by and like, it gets tough. Like you'll, you'll notice that there are some points that are like, sometimes I feel like they're not meant to be found. They deserve it. They Dude, won hide and seek. All right. That's that I, is. I've seen a point in the middle of like the swamp, like the dead ass middle, just like the, the neon square diamond hanging out. You're just like, in order to get to the point, you're just like walking chest deep through the swamp. So sometimes they do you like that. But, uh, and you have to get to the points because they have little punchers. So you can't just read the number and have it. You have to yeah, actually get, get to there. the point for like for real and touch the little puncher. Because um, yeah. I remember I remember I had four out of five <laughs> points one time. And this wasn't in, uh, wasn't at Range. This was just like a different course. I walked up on a point and it was thorns and brambles with one path to it. But the sun was streaming down on this path and there was like this is not an exaggeration. There was like 14 snakes basking in the sun. And I was like, four out of five is probably fine. And then I just left. I was like, I just, like, I can't do this. Yeah. It, if you hit your, your criteria. Now there is a chance that, um, that you got, here's, here's why that, uh, that's a little funny, but there's a chance that you got the wrong point. Sometimes doesn't happen super often, but sometimes there will be points that are close enough to each other to where guys will get the wrong points. So keep that in mind too. Yeah, that's true too. And that's actually, I've actually been in analysis paralysis before. Cause I've walked to a point, thought I had it. And then you'll, you'll be looking at it. You'll be like, all right, I think this is it. And then you'll look to your left and like 25 meters. There's a point that you can see from uh, your point. Yeah. And you're like, Oh no. Yeah. Why would they do this to me? And then like, you're like, I'm at this one. Like, this has got to be it. Right. You're like, maybe I'll walk over there and just I'll assess. And you, you walk over, you're like, I don't know. You're like looking at the map. You're like, I don't know if this is the same. Yeah, it, it's tough. And like I said, that's another thing. Like you got to really believe in your skills. Like if you've got the wrong point, like, and you see one that's close, you know, you probably are at the right one. Put that one down. If it's wrong, it's wrong. But like if you spend 20 minutes trying to like get, get into like not sure what you're going to do, like you're just wasting time. Yeah. And at that point, what are you just going to do? Flip a, flip a coin? Like it's very hard to just like, unless you – you know, had some kind of GPS device, you're not really going to know until you get back and get graded. There's no way for you to really know once you're out there, if they're super close together, because some of them really are. Yeah. Yeah. They definitely do it on purpose. Um, oh, hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then eventually sometimes you'll do courses where they actually don't give you your points. They give you one point and you have to walk to it. And uh, that point will have your next point on it. Those are the worst because you can absolutely ruin your entire day by messing up the first point and then your track is just completely wrong. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that scavenger hunt layout. Yeah. yeah. And that's those. Those are my least favorite because I'm pretty good route planner. Yeah. So I much prefer to do it myself. <laughs> sure. Well, let me look. I, I saw we had some questions rolling in. Um, you got any on your end? Yeah, ton. Uh, yeah, I have some questions, but they're not um, land ever later. Although we only have eight minutes. Yep. 
Uh, Josh thinks that AIT mentally prepare you for RASP at all. RASP just seems so daunting and almost impossible, even though I know thousands have done it. Um, I thought that was actually going to be a lot line up. But uh, AIT doesn't really mentally prepare you for RASP, I wouldn't say. Um, and I know RASP is kind of scary because it, it does seem daunting and impossible because you really don't know exactly how it's going to feel or look or any of that stuff. So, like, the unknown is going to be scary for you no matter what. And, like, a lot of schools and selections and stuff in the military are like that because they keep them pretty locked up. So it gets scary. Like, you really, even with the information we're giving you, it's still different, like, thinking about having to actually do these things. Uh, so, no, I would say AIT does not mentally prepare you. Um, I would, you know, try to be mentally prepared, as, as mentally prepared as you can be. And I think we have a video about, um, like, keeping a good mindset and a good headspace about things uh, for performance and stuff like that. So I would check that out, uh, some of those tips and tricks there well, will help you out but i would try to you know really find ways to keep yourself mentally strong as you go through um, all of your training and interest yep absolutely and, and you guys will figure it out too as you go through it i mean a lot of things mm -hmm. is just going and doing it like i could give you i could tell you everything everything that i know and you're still gonna have to go do it you know so and you'll have to figure it out your own way to an extent so you know, you're doing the right things by getting some information, getting an idea, but there's still going to be part of it that you just got to go out there and venture and, and do it yourself. But um, you guys all, you guys all have it in you, um, especially if, if I can do it, you can do it. Um, yeah. If, so. if he can pass lane, you can pass lane. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he just got lucky. He probably cheated. Uh, He's not going to tell you that. He probably cheated. Don't listen to this guy. Uh, Colton Hawkins says, uh, what is the terrain like uh, on the course? Like, for example, can I terrain associate and just run through it or will I need a dead reckon more? Um, also, how are the draws within the area? So it definitely depends on when you go. Like spring and summer is pretty rough. Uh, it gets pretty overgrown. Uh, it also depends on how good you are at land. So, for example, like if I do, like I've gone back and done cold range after um, I had been there for some training and I had, I had done cold ranges land, of course. I am really, really good at land. Nav. Uh, so I can do cold range. I could almost do it without a compass, um, because of all the fire breaks and stuff. Like it is, it is pretty easy. It was not easy when I was at cold range the first time. Cause I did yeah, not know what I was doing. Go. I got way, way better at land nav. Like at the end of my career, I was, I could do courses, you know, w almost without a compass, just a map and no pro. Like I was really, really good at land nav by the end of it, but at cold range, absolutely not. Um, so yeah, you can absolutely train associate. If you are really, really good at land nav Colton Hawkins, which some people just innately are um you will be able to train associate and move pretty pretty quick um and then you'll be able to cut your dead reckons down um like your actual shooting an azimuth down to probably four or five hundred meters ideally um if you are really good at train associating and finding intersections to shoot from yep. but it all just depends um on how good you are i definitely don't recommend dead reckoning like from point to point though i would always use checkpoints like we've mentioned a couple times i know you said you had got it a little late but uh checkpoints are huge and they are you you'll be able to find some easily identifiable ones in cold range yep. that was actually like my first tip and the draws can be pretty nasty <laughs> yeah because uh, it is just like georgia woods. it's rough yeah, and you guys, you guys will find out about all the, all the uh, insects and and things out there, animals, insects, and it's like you said, hogs and gnats. Oh, you guys will find out about the gnats. Um, that's a good time. Well, I remember. I, I think I said this before, uh, but one of the cadres said, 
they're like, I will accept um, a dead snake in lieu of a point if you like can't find a point. So he's like, so if you're you're four or five, you can't find it. Maybe you just find a snake and bring it back. He's dead serious too. Um, don't touch the wildlife. I'm sorry, range control. Don't don't uh, find me. All right. Don't find me, range control. Uh, right, 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 right. Um, let's do one more on your end, and we will uh, we'll end it for the night. One more on my end. Yeah. Oh man, I don't have any more land nav ones, and for some reason my thing is not scrolling up. Um, so I will just do, uh, no, that one's not a question. Uh, Robert Galvery says, uh, what boots can I wear at rest? Do they have to be standard issue? Uh, this is actually not land never related, but uh, I can make it land never related. Um, you can wear any boots that are within AR670-1, um, at rest now. When Daniel went through, that was not the case, uh, when I went through with him, obviously not the case. This the second time I went through, they started opening it up a little bit more. Um, but I recommend not getting like the uh, like really lightweight ones because, especially for land nav and stuff, like you're gonna be like rolling your ankles and stuff back there. So always look for like really good ankle support, good shred. You want them to be comfortable, durable, and protective. Like you want to lessen the strain and like you don't want to roll your ankles because over time, the more you do that, the like rougher it's gonna be. So really good ankle sport, really good shred, comfortable, huge, and stay out of the water because that's the worst. Yeah, if you can avoid the water, I would. <laughs> uh, anytime your feet get wet, especially if you're out there at cold range, something like cold range, you're out there for a week. Well, yeah, because um, it's day one and you walk in the water, you're you're done. That's your yeah. your life is just so much worse, and it was already not going to be great. <laughs> yeah, when they put emphasis on keep your feet dry, that's a real thing. I mean, um, you know. The whole change of socks, use foot powder and stuff like that. Like, yeah, absolutely. Like you don't want to um, come back from land nav with wet socks and then you all you hear is hit the wood line. And you're just going to cry. <laughs> them soggy feet, dude. Um, yeah, so. Uh, I think I think that was a pretty good, uh, pretty good life. Uh, I'm sure they enjoyed listening to you talk and wanted to turn the stream off every time. I, <laughs> I pushed through tonight, guys. Uh kind of what's funny is i had my voice earlier today so i was like yeah we're good and then like i would say probably three hours ago it just started going like rapidly so um <clears throat> oops my bad guys uh but uh next time we'll probably hit some of this again and uh, and get a more clear um clear tune but i think there was a bunch of good points i uh, appreciate you guys tuning in you got any final thoughts for these guys uh, yeah, I mean, if you guys are watching live or if you guys watch it later, um, we'll be live next week. If you guys have any follow-up questions or want us to, you know, obviously dive into a topic that we mentioned here a little bit more, let us know. Educational content is going to be coming out more so in terms of like helping you guys learn how to do land nav and read maps and stuff like that. Um, as we put it together, we got, we started working on it. We got more work to do on it, but hopefully we'll start pushing that out in the next, uh, next couple of weeks or so. Um, yes. Guys, uh, you know, appreciate you guys watching on YouTube. You know, like and subscribe so we can put more stuff out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, again, appreciate the support. You guys have been awesome for real. Um, and uh, and as always, remember to check out trainlikearanger.com. I should have you do this outro. Remember <laughs> to check out trainlikearanger.com where we have workout programs, nutrition programs, merchant apparel, and as always, much more on the agenda to include a land navigation page. Um, I am working on it. And, uh, and James, me and James are bouncing off of that. So, 
um, we'll have something, a package for you guys. But the, in the meantime, we wanted to do something to give to you guys because we get this question all the time. So um, thanks for tuning in. And remember to train to your utmost potential like a ranger. Have a good weekend, guys. See you guys.